No, I made sure to not pick something you guys already had in the notes. And I told Mike what it was, thinking that he would go on and update it, because that's what he does every other time. Nick wrote his own notes, Matt. He contributed to the document. (laughs) Can you believe it? Well, that is absolutely more work than I've done with the documents, (laughs) though. That's exactly the point I'm trying to make. You're listening to the 2M Football Show. With Mike and Matt. Well, we made it, guys. This is it. It's Super What's Bowl it? week. I was going to say Super Bowl Sunday. It's not Sunday yet, but yes, it's Super Bowl week. It's Super Tuesday. Wait, that's something <laughs> else. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the show, everybody. It's the 2M Football Podcast, Super Bowl special. And for this very special episode, we have a very special guest. Welcome back, the one and only superfan, Nick. Superfan Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I thought the last time might be my uh, last appearance on the show, but brought me back again. So absolutely. Appreciate you coming back. We thought the last time you were here might have been the last episode of the show, but here we all are. (laughs) Too many episodes to count later. Yes. And it's Super Bowl week. I'm so excited. I am excited, but also sad because that means there's just one more game left in the season. The biggest game. But then after this, it's like, man, there's like three or four months of nothingness, the void of the football world. (laughs) Yeah, even despite joining a fantasy hockey league, it's still not the same. (laughs) Which, by the way, Uh, congrats on your first win. Yes, congratulations. Good job setting your lineup. I figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> I got some really good advice. I you know, do it every day. I got it. Excellent. Yep. Cool. So, yeah, welcome back, Nick. Um, before we get into Super Bowl talk, uh, since you're a Packer fan, I just want to hear a quick reaction from you to what, what we witnessed two oh, weeks ago. Mike's going to get riled up yeah, in that, the that NFC was... Championship <laughs> That was brutal. I mean, I, I had a feeling that going into that game, okay, you know, Brady, he's coming, he's coming over from the AFC. You know, everyone's saying that with new team with the Bucks, get that high octane offense. He's going going up against Aaron Rodgers. You have the goat versus arguably one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. And there was something sitting in the back of my mind that was telling me the Packers are going to lose this game. I, I just, I just the whole the whole game knew was going to happen, and then. Kevin King decided to forget how to play football, and I think he might have uh, single-handedly cost the the Packers a chance at a, at a Super Bowl, possibly a second ring for Mr. Aaron Rodgers. So you're, so you're not putting it, it all on, on the refs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it on Kevin King. Okay, just Kevin King. Yeah, he got burned all night, but I'm just saying you're not blaming the refs then? <laughs> I mean, the Packers normally get a lot of calls during the regular season, so, you know, can't can't be too mad at that, but then, you know, you got to – Blame the coaching a little bit, too. They could have made some adjustments and, and done some well, things. Well, thankfully, I know this is way towards the end of it, but Petten's gone. So I think as Green Bay fans, the three of us can raise our hands in, in thankfulness of that one, of maybe we'll actually get a coordinator that knows how to coach a defense. I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to wait to see who they bring in <laughs> before yeah, I celebrate. Yeah. Can you bring Dom Capers back in? You know, he's got some crazy <laughs> blitz packages. If you bring Dom Capers him. back in, I'm officially switching teams. I'll root for the Lions after that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, just wanted to get that out of, uh, out of well, I don't know, whatever remnants of that were out of my in my system. Just wanted to get them out and They're hear your thoughts, Nick, so thank you. Next year begins. I know. I'm upset, but at least uh, it doesn't look like they're going to blow things up and trade away Rodgers, which there was a brief moment in time when people were speculating that might happen. Glad that's not going to be the case. So, with the Packers being eliminated at the hands of the Buccaneers, uh, as we recapped in our show last week, that Buccaneers will be the ones uh, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And on the AFC side of things, it will be, once again, the Kansas City Chiefs. And that that is our Super Bowl 55 matchup, the Buccaneers versus the Chiefs. And uh, it's it's about as good as a matchup as I guess we could have asked for storyline wise. I think, well, storyline and team wise, I think this is the best, the 
best chance at one of the most high octane Super Bowls I've ever seen. I've been getting slow. It's been a slow burn because, you know, it's pretty bummed out after the Packers game, but it's been a slow yes, burn no of, <laughs> of excitement <laughs> ramping back up. And uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm all in now. I'm really excited about this matchup. I don't <laughs> hold focused. anything. I'm focused. Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about it now. <laughs> I was going to say cue the next 15 references about Green Bay losing. Uh, so yeah, Buccaneers versus the Chiefs. Uh, the venue is Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Uh, which will be the first time some history being made. It'll be the first time a team is playing in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So that's pretty cool for the Buccaneers. Although I saw today... It's amazing that's never happened before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw today, though, that unfortunately they're not going to let them fire the cannons after Buccaneers touchdowns, which is disappointing. You know how they usually well, do that. What's the point of having cannons then if you can't use them? <laughs> I know. That's part of the home field advantage, you know? Exactly, like, yeah. Be ready for I mean, there's not well. there's limited crowd noise, so you might as well make cannon noise. I mean, that kind right. of substitute, right? Just make sure Mahomes has his uh, bodyguards on the sideline just in case they point those things onto the field. <laughs> Are you kidding? He's got Travis Kelsey. He'll catch it and throw it back. Uh, so that national anthem will be performed by Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. Halftime show, headlined by The weekend and... Uh, all waiting to see who the the uh, other acts are going to be that that show up during the show. And there's going to be about twenty five thousand fans in the stands, along with thirty thousand cardboard cutouts. I'm excited for those cutouts. Are, I was going to say, I wonder if those are all booked. You always see some funny stuff in there, like like babies and pets. <laughs> wonder how much those are going for. I just want to know how many times the commentators are going to make a comment about like a famous cutout of whatever celebrity like happens to be on a cutout. Wonder if uh, it's not too late to buy one, Matt. Do you know how much money the our podcast has made so far? Uh, well, according to my ne- logbook negative, here, negative we are in the red. How many months have we been doing this? Um, times about twenty five dollars a month. You know, yep, that's about what we're at. So I'll, I'll is, work. Is, I'll work. I'll work the books. Do you think that's enough? Okay, perfect. <laughs> so, what do you think of a giant two M with a middle finger? Does that sound about right? No. Yes. Okay. Done. <laughs> All right, so obviously this is the only game to preview. We're not going to talk about the Pro Bowl at all, although uh, it was a little bit entertaining, the clips I saw. Uh, we were half right, Matt. It was people playing Madden. It was not 12-year-olds. It was <laughs> it was NFL stars, and Bubba Wallace, too, was there, and it looked pretty entertaining. I don't know. Maybe that's what they got to do for now. I want to know how many people watched that compared to years past. <laughs> I didn't watch it live, but I watched plenty of the clips. And, and as I texted you, Matt, if that was just supposed to be a big commercial for Madden, it worked on me. I want to play. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're obviously going to preview the Super Bowl. Wow. <laughs> talk about, <laughs> talk about no way. E- each team's uh, journey through this NFL season. Of course, we will make our picks, identify some key matchups that we've um, chosen, and then go through some of the more interesting uh, prop bets that I saw. Uh, not very, not strictly football related, but but fun stuff that we can uh, pick. And then uh, there's there's some news to get to as well. As a lot news? happened, as always, it was a busy busy week for the teams not in the running for the uh, Lombardi Trophy as well. And we'll we'll talk about some of the biggest moves that were made. But first, how they got here. The Chiefs were 14 and two Probably in an the airplane. regular season. <laughs> well, not Tampa Bay. Well, they won. but the Chiefs, the Chiefs by airplane, probably yes. The Chiefs uh, were 14 and two in the regular season, coasted easily to the number one seed in the AFC. Their only, I say, real loss because one of them was they sat their starters, so their uh, uh, the only loss that that I count against them was in Week Five against the Raiders of all teams. A shootout when Derek Carr went beast mode and the Raiders beat them 40 to 32. Other than that, they won every game that they tried to win. And so they got the first round by in the playoffs. In the divisional round, they went up against Cleveland and uh, in a closer game than expected, but that was probably largely due to Patrick Mahomes suffering a concussion in the third quarter. Uh, the final there was 22-17, so they still took care of business thanks to uh, some heroics by Chad Henney. Chad Henney. <laughs> then in the conference championship, they 
dispose of the Bills in surprisingly easy fashion, 38 to 24, and that score is even a little bit closer uh, than the game really was. That so, game still surprised me of how badly the Bills fell apart. Yeah. You know, I was actually throwing it back to the last time Nick was here. I picked the Bills as uh, my most cursed or most haunted NFL team. Mm-hmm. And they, they made it to the championship game, but uh, didn't, and, you know, things ended there again. Obviously, all the teams we picked had terrible seasons. The Bills were <laughs> the most successful of the three, but still. Um, so uh, in the regular season, the Chiefs had the number one offense in terms of yards per game. Sixth in points per game. Of course, they were led by superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who had just shy of 5,000 passing yards, 38 touchdowns compared to just six INTs. His favorite target was Travis Kelsey, the tight end, who led the team in targets, receptions, and yards. And his 1,400 receiving yards were second only to Stephon Diggs in, um, among all pass catchers in the league. So another incredible season for Travis Kelsey. And rookie running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, chipped in 800 yards on the ground and four touchdowns as well. Uh, a lot of firepower on this offense once again. On both yeah. offenses, but yeah, just the yeah. Chiefs rosters, it's, they're both scary. We'll get to the Bucks in just a second, yeah. But in terms of defense, the Chiefs ranked very middle of the road. They had the 16th ranked defense in terms of yards allowed per game and 11th in terms of points allowed. And yeah, flipping over to the Bucks now, they finished the season 11 and five, uh, came into the playoffs as the number five seed in the NFC. They were second place in their division, the NFC South, uh, thanks to a couple or two regular season losses to the Saints, uh, who swept them. And honestly, it was kind of a rocky start to the season and to Brady's tenure in Tampa Bay, which, you know, not super we surprising. Kind of, we kind of figured that. Given all the overhaul of that roster and some i actually had forgotten at this point how little of an offseason there was last year so these guys didn't get that much of an opportunity to practice together before the season started um and just to list some of the changes obviously brady coming to town he brought with him rob gronkowski out of retirement they signed leonard fournette right before the season after the jaguars surprisingly cut him uh, halfway through they added antonio brown after he finished serving an eight-game suspension. Uh, So a lot of moving parts there, although late in the season, they really did find their rhythm, and they ended on a four-game win streak to close out the regular season. And ironically, the last game they did lose was against these Chiefs back in Week 12. And if you remember, that was the game where Tariq Hill absolutely went off, uh, taking advantage of Bucks cornerback uh, Carlton Davis and the man coverage they tried to play. I think he had something like 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first yeah, half. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, the Buccaneers made some adjustments and made a good comeback effort, but the final score of that game was 27-24, a victory for Kansas City. So in the playoffs, the Buccaneers have had to play three games already. They beat Washington in the wild card. They did get revenge on Drew Brees and the Saints in the divisional round. And then, uh, uh, why did I write this? I have to say it one more time. Then they beat the Packers. <laughs> See, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I had. To, I have to read verbatim what's on my notes. That's the rules. <laughs> bring then, up, yeah, uh, so they, bad memories. You they, want to yeah, talk yeah. about the when they played the Seahawks in the NFC Championship while we're at it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk cry. about refs. I'll cry even more than my baby who's in the other room. Uh, and. And so all these wins came on the road, which is especially impressive. But now they get to return home for the Super Bowl. And in terms of their regular season statistics, this was the seventh best offense in terms of yards per game, uh, third in points. And Brady was right behind Mahomes throwing for 4,600 yards, which was third uh, with 40 touchdowns compared to 12 interceptions. And he spread the ball around to all his numerous weapons, only only Mike Evans was over a thousand yards for the season uh, receiving. Um, and and he Godwin had 13. would have been there too if he wasn't injured, though. Like right. Yeah. He was close, missed a couple games. But there were, uh, I forgot to write it down, but I think there were, there were five different players who had four or more touchdown receptions on this roster. So he, he really did a good job uh, spreading it around. I'm sure he, I'm sure Brady has appreciated uh, all these weapons compared to what he's dealt with in New England. <laughs> the At least the years. past few years in New England, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
What's wrong with Philip Dorsett? So many things. No, just that. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> Uh, and then on the ground, Ronald Jones was the primary ball carrier, and he was pretty effective with a 5.1 per carry average, just shy of 1,000 yards on the season and seven touchdowns. And he missed a couple games as well. But I think he'll be fully healthy back for the big game. And on defense was where this team was especially impressive. I think we expected the offense to produce given all the, the personnel. But this defense was sixth, the sixth best in terms of yards allowed per game and eighth in points allowed. So they might... Uh, I mean, we'll get into matchups, but they might have the edge over the Chiefs here. Let's get into our key matchups, and let's have Nick go first. What is the key matchup that you identified? Yeah. <laughs> so I want to I want to say uh, before before I I give my key matchup that Mike and I actually picked the same one, um, but you know, uh, we I, I lost the coin flip, so went to great, Mike on this one great because somebody could life. be a gracious host and you know let the guest choose first, but you know that's fine. You know, what? I'll deal it was with a matter. It was an issue of timing, and I apologize. It's actually it was kind of cute. We were editing the document at the same time. And I saw him sure. write his, and I wrote, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with him later, Nick. <laughs> oh, no worries. Okay. Sorry about that. So, go ahead. <laughs> so before we go into Mike's, which was uh, my first choice, I decided to go look at a uh, key matchup being the Bucks running that backs versus the Chiefs defense. So uh, in the Week 12 victory that the Chiefs had over the Bucks, they, they held them to 75 yards on the ground. Uh, the Chiefs have also held opponents to under 100 yards on the ground in their last six games. However, I'm looking at teams that have won the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, teams that have won that had the best time of possession have won 39 games and lost 15. And teams that have had more rushing yards have won 40 games and lost 14, which I thought was pretty interesting. Mm. Um, Leonard Fournette has had a good postseason. And I think, you know, with having him and Ronald Jones available, I think one key to slow down the Chiefs is to keep their offense off the field. And, you know, give the defense some time to rest because Patrick Mahomes is going to tear up your defense. So if they can orchestrate a few long drives by utilizing that run game, um, you know, they might give their defense a little bit of breathing room, um, maybe allow them to make a big play later in the game, um, and also provide the opportunity to uh, open up their offense a little bit if they're starting to run the ball. So I think uh, that's something to keep in mind and, and and see how many times they go to the ground in the Super Bowl. That's a good one. Brady, um, I say this about Rodgers a lot too, but Brady is right up there with the best of them in terms of uh, producing off big plays off of play action. Mm-hmm. So if they can get that ground game going, uh, it's going to be trouble for Kansas City. Good one. You want to go next, Matt? Sure. So my matchups were to put basically offense versus offense because when you look at these rosters, I can't remember the last time you had such – widespread and potent offenses facing each other um, and going like position by position, kind of grade them. So we start with the quarterbacks, of course, the, the stars of the offense. Um, you've got Mahomes versus Brady. Brady, of course, the, the senior of the two by only a couple of years. Uh, but of course, aging at 43, there are always concerns, as we say every year about the deep ball. Um, however, he's still showing that even with a new team and a new roster and the pandemic circumstances here, the Bucks are in the Super Bowl, you know, so you can't argue that. The other side, you've got, you've got Patrick Mahomes that is just a magician in and out of the pocket, the ability to extend plays, the ability to get to his receivers, and just watching him make these incredible throws, sidearm throws, weird contorted throws to be able to put the ball where it needs to go. No look throws. It's, um, you know, it's, it's that thing of the athleticism and, and incredible talent versus experience. And I want to almost say they're evenly matched. Um, Brady just has that experience under his belt, but Mahomes continues to surprise. And to put the Chiefs on his back and win another Super Bowl, it's not that far behind them. But if we look behind them, you've got Chad Henney, and then behind Tom Brady, you've got Gabbert and Griffin. We've already seen Henney pull off a miracle in a game that they figured the Chiefs were done for. So if anything were to happen to the starters, I have to give the Chiefs depth on that one, that Henny has proven he can do it. Against this Bucks defense, though, a little more concerned, but I'm going to call quarterbacks evenly matched. Then you get to the wide receivers, and oh my God, what a matchup. On the Bucks, you've got Mike Evans, you've got Chris Godwin, you've got Antonio Brown, and Scotty Miller versus... Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson. 
Don't forget, don't forget Byron uh, Ruffle. No, it makes, oh my God. Yeah, the, the potato chip can that runs down the, uh, Byron Pringle. Oh, Pringle, sorry. Pringle, that's it. <laughs> um, but how many more like household big names can you have on one field and not be overwhelmed? The Bucks have proven that all of them can catch touchdown passes, which is never a bad thing when you're playing for the biggest stage on the game. But you've got a lot of speed over on the Kansas City side, especially with the cheetah himself, Tyreek Hill. Um, and as we saw, McCole Hardman on that sweep was just incredible on a 50-yard sweep game. So, you know, you've got a lot of power, a lot of speed and shiftiness for the Kansas City. So I almost have to give it to the Kansas City offense for the wide receiver core, just on the speed. If they can get past the Bucks secondary, they're going to have a very hard time containing them. And because they can't contain him, that leaves the opening for the tight ends, which none other is led by the Travis Kelsey, who I think is the single biggest threat on the football field in this game. Defenses know you're going to throw to him. They know you're going to come for him, and they just can't stop this this guy. Um, so I expect to see a lot of Travis Kelsey, and the Bucks need to come up with a game plan for him. Um, on the other side, you at least have two reliable tight ends. Are, you've got Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski. So again, just more names there, more power. I do have to give a big advantage though to the running back core of the Bucks. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette have just been a dynamic duo and virtually unstoppable once they once they get their their wheels turning back there and very interchangeable. You know, how often is the backup just as dangerous as as your starter? We've seen Leonard Fournette get a new breath of life after leaving Jacksonville. And kind of back to his old when the Jags went to the AFC Championship self. Um, but don't count out, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Darrell Williams, and CEH on the Kansas City side. But I have to give the Bucks the run game. And I think if the Bucks can run the football, they will win. Nice so. nice tie-in to uh, Nick's matchup. That's good. Good stuff. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think CEH is still a little banged up, right? Because he only had six carries last week and... Still yeah, they're, the they're, they're definitely leaning on Williams a lot more over CEH, but if they if he can keep, be ready for it, the, uh, Clyde's shiftiness definitely be an advantage. Since you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, <clears throat> that reminded me of something that, that's just kind of funny. They'll never be on the field together, except in pre, pre and post game, but Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, former Pittsburgh Steelers teammates. Going both, at it. Yep, going at it. the three original Bs. Yep. <laughs> Although Antonio Brown apparently... Is a, is questionable to play still with that knee injury that kept him out last week against Green Bay. All right, cool, Matt. Thank you. Um, and then I'll give mine that I stole from Nick straight out of his brain when he wasn't even looking. Such <laughs> a jerk. Um, and and yeah, my key matchup that I'll be keeping an eye on is the Bucks pass rush, specifically Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul versus the Chiefs' offensive tackles. And so we saw these guys both wreak havoc against Green Bay last week. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were starting uh, some backup players because of David Bakhtiari, their starting left tackle, uh, being out. And uh, the Chiefs are in kind of a similar situation this week. Eric, First of all, yep. As a team, the Buccaneers defense had the fifth most sacks in the league in the regular season with 48, with Barrett and JPP accounting for 17 and a half of those combined. But uh, meanwhile, the Chiefs were actually very good at keeping Mahomes clean, uh, allowing the fifth fewest sacks, just 24 in the entire regular season. However, as you mentioned, Eric Fisher, the starting left tackle, he's not going to be able to play in the Super Bowl because of uh, an Achilles injury that he suffered in the AFC Championship game. And he was uh, PFF's 16th best ranked offensive tackle this year. And on the other side, at uh, right tackle, to start the season, they had Mitchell Schwartz over there, a veteran, veteran all-pro tackle in the league. And he, he's been out since October, but and, and I think he was hopeful to make it back if they made it this far. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case either. So it's going to be journeyman Mike Remmers, who is playing for his seventh team, I think, and a fourth-year Fourth-year player Andrew Wiley, who has been starting in the meantime this year, uh, once uh, 
Schwartz went out. So it'll be those two guys trying to hold the line against this fearsome Buccaneers pass rush. And so I think this is going to be the key matchup to watch because you saw sometimes in the in the Packers game where it looked like guys were open. Well, no, it, it ties into this. I'm not just complaining. <laughs> I'm not just complaining. <laughs> but uh, Aaron Rodgers just didn't have time to find them or couldn't get the ball out in time. So if, if Mahomes is pressured early and often by these guys, it's it's going to cause some problems because then they'll be able to, if they can if the Buccaneers can just rush four, double team Hill and Kelsey, and still get pressure on Mahomes, that might be enough to throw this offense out of whack. It's not going to stop them. You can't stop these guys, but it might be enough to slow them down, just enough that the Buccaneers will have the advantage. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. And Nick, I think you said you had one more bonus. Oh yeah, what? so I got one more bonus that I was thinking about. So. We both know both these teams have high-powered offenses. People are saying it's going to be a shootout. What's the possibility that it comes down to the special teams in the kicking game between Ryan Suckup and Harrison Butker? A a, a missed PAT or a missed field goal could could be the game, you know? We've seen a lot of those, yeah. Yeah, you can't take any kicks for granted anymore, so that's that's a good point. Do you have any kicker stats for us? I know Butker's a stud. Yeah, so I think they, you know, they I both had pretty good they both have pretty good seasons. I want to say um they're both they're both around the top ten kickers in mm-hmm. the regular season. Um during the postseason, I believe that they've each missed an extra point. Um and that I wanna say it was Harrison Butker uh missed a kick and missed a field goal mm. uh, in one of the past couple of weeks. So I mean, they've been doing pretty well, but it'll be interesting to see how they perform in a under pressure in, in a big game like this. Cool. Yeah, it's a good call. Bucks had a few big uh, kick returns last week too that set them up for great field position uh, for Brady. So the kick coverage is going to be important too. All right. So with all that said, the well, when I checked it yesterday, I don't know if it's still moving because of injuries and stuff, but the line was. The Chiefs favored by three and a half points and over under 57 for total points. And so with all that said, let's uh, let's make some picks. Matt, you go first. Kansas City's bringing it back a second time. I'm going to take Tampa Bay, actually. I think the defense carries them and Brady works his magic again. So this is a dream scenario for the NFL. You got... Your old man, Tom Brady, going for ring yep. number seven versus the young gun, Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to come down to being a close game. I got the Bucks taking it 31-27. And interesting stats. So if you look back to see five seeds who have ended up making the Super Bowl, um, it's only happened a few times. So back in 1985, the Patriots were a five seed and lost to the 85 Chicago Bears. The last time a five seed made the Super Bowl was back in 2007 when the New York football giants took down our <laughs> Green Bay Packers and oh. then beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. And now we're coming back in 2021 with, oh uh, with Tom Brady taking down the Packers in the NFC Championship, going to the Super Bowl as the five seed, and I think history and experience are going to be on their side. I just want to say how stuff. professionally well that sounded as a sportscaster, Nick. Way to put the rest of us to shame. <laughs> hey, that's okay. This is why we bring in uh, the heavy hitters for big episodes. <laughs> I'll, see if, uh, I'll see if once Joe Buck gets fired, if I can take his job. It's going to be nice. too hard. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get into some, uh, make some picks on some prop bets here. No real Ooh. money will be at stake here, obviously, except for unless we want to try to tip away some of our our negative money that we've made so far on this podcast. <laughs> First of all, the all important coin toss. What do you guys think? Heads or tails? Tails. Let's go ahead. I'm going to go heads. Tails never fails. <laughs> when I played Madden, we would every single time always pick tails. <laughs> okay. How many times will we hear the phrase <laughs> in these uncertain times? <laughs> And the correct this is answer mostly... is too many. <laughs> What's Wait, there, what is there an over-under on that? Oh, it's on CBS. Oh, so we're going to get Romo. 
Um, yeah, Tony's doing it. I think Tony, I think Jay Feely is going to be in there too. He'll give the nice, uh, Oh, some, some kicker analysis. <laughs> Love that. Love the kicker analysis. Uh, so yeah, this is mostly geared towards commercials, but, uh, I, this is just, I came up with this over under, maybe it's too low, but I put the over under at two and a half. How many times we'll hear the phrase in these uncertain times. <laughs> and I'm definitely taking the over. Oh yeah. I'm going over. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so I feel I guess like it's going to be said 2.5 times per commercial. <laughs> it's going to be exactly two and a half times because the third time I'm going to pause it halfway or mute it halfway through. <laughs> well, I guess then I'm at zero because I just have to mute it from the get-go. <laughs> Here you go. All right. Who will be the Super Bowl MVP? Matt? Well, since I'm picking the Chiefs, I'm going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And who do you think he's going to thank first in his speech? That's like the coin toss. I um, feel like he's going to thank either his mom, like parents or parents. I don't know how they, if it's got to be a specific order. Or, of course, they're going to thank God. That's usually the first two most yep. popular things <laughs> to start with. And it's one or the other. I want to thank Roger Goodell for rigging the Packers game so that I didn't have to face Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack is. <laughs> Nick, Super Bowl MVP. It's going to the man who's going to get his seventh Super Bowl, Mr. Tom Brady. And he's going to thank – his first person he's going to thank is Mr. Bill Belichick for letting him go down to Tampa Bay. No, just kidding. He's going to, he's going to uh, thank his teammates. Yeah, I'm, since I picked the Bucks too, I have to go with Brady. It's always the Super Bowl. It's always the winning quarterback almost no matter what. And uh, – going to thank his kids and then give him a big old smooch on the mouth <laughs> i don't like the way you phrase that no like, no he's I, I'm, I'm with nick it's, he's, he's a he'll thank his teammates first that's those are the things that need to be censored <laughs> that's not bad right it's not even the swear words it's like the other stuff that you need that to get to said on this podcast. i need to get to some of my prop bets yet they found yeah. on some on some websites. I was trying to find juicier ones, for lack of a less creepy word. Okay. All right, that's what you go with. I'm going to choose the less, you know, bad word here to describe this thing. But these these links are juicy. This this matchup is just oozing potential. Uh, <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we're not making money yet. Will there be any post-game proposals on the field? And if I'd been, if I was a serious researcher, I, I would have stalked these players to find out who's in a relationship and, and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> Someone's going to do it. It's going to be some offensive lineman or something. I'll go with no on, on this one. No. And why is it got to be right. an offensive lineman, Mike? <laughs> I'm just picking like the most random. I don't know. Harrison Butker is finally going to get married. Just kidding, I don't know. Do you want no to be idea. Mrs. Butker? <laughs> May I? <laughs> How many times is the camera going to show Roger Goodell in his in his uh, in his uh, box seats over under? There's a cardboard cut of him, cut out of him. In <laughs> he's he's got to make sure the uh, the fix is in, so he's got to be there in person. Uh, over under, I'm going to change it to two and a half. Actually, I don't like one and a half; is too low. Yeah, I'll probably be over. I would say over I'm, two and a half. I'd still take the over, too. <laughs> two and a half times in you know, the first half, maybe. Yeah, right. All right, how many times will Bill Belichick be mentioned? Oh, over geez. under 0. 0.5. Over. Yeah, over. Way over. <laughs> these are too easy. I, I should have modified these. Okay. And now for some really important ones. What is Andy Reid's post-game meal going to be? Remember last year, he said he was going to have the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. If he remembers it, he's going to say the second biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. (laughs) Because that seems like a very Andy Reid comment. Oh, yeah, I agree, Matt. That's exactly what he's going to say. Because the reporter is either going to blow up by saying, so last year you said Mm-hmm. You're going to have the biggest cheeseburger, or he's just going to remember what he said and just add on to it. So, or, or he won't remember, and that's just honestly what he wants again. <laughs> I mean, the man does like his cheeseburgers. That's been established. Since I picked the Chiefs to lose, though, I feel like you're not going to get a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger is a celebratory food. 
So after well, then a when loss, you're depressed, the cheeseburger's comfort food. Well, I know, but what's more comforting than that? Even I think he's going to have a big old milkshake after the, the loss. You know what? I will have one too. Then the last one that I've got before we hear the ones that Nick found on the dark web. <laughs> 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 I mean, there's truth to these. Uh, Mike versus B Dubs versus Mike's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't help it that your dumb has to get like the ones you're like, oh, these Asian zing ones are so good, and you're like, oh god, they just have to. I just got to go. I'll be back. What happened? I missed it. I was in the bathroom. I mean, Mike's bathroom's undefeated. <laughs> it's true. This one is uh, very powerful. <laughs> We win-win. Everybody's going to win this this matchup. <laughs> B-Dubs makes its money. Mike's bathroom gets occupied. Mm-hmm. The only Mike loser is time away from the kids. Spend... Well, I was going to say you lose, though, because you get to spend time away from the game and I, everything. I, I can watch it. I'll, I'll bring the iPad in there. I'm not above that. <laughs> <laughs> I have my ways. <laughs> uh, Nick, were you joking, or do you really do you have a few more? Oh, I got some. I got oh. some. So, so these ones, these ones are pretty good. They're not, they're not bad or anything like that. So that like that matters at this point. Exactly. So the first one is over under how long is it going to take to sing the national anthem and set at two minutes, because depending on who's singing, they might decide to hold those uh, last few notes a little bit longer. Well, it seems like it's a duet too. Yeah. I'll take the over. do you have yeah. any stats on what the average length is? Or? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get the stats on this one, but I feel like it'll probably be over this yeah. time. Watch, it's gonna be like two oh one. Oh yeah, they're t- they're timing it. They got they got the uh, the. It's like insider trading. They they know it's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> so another good bet is will will one of the artists forget a word during the national anthem? <laughs> this isn't Fergie singing, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying no, Matt. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. It was a pretty uh, heavy underdog. And then we have um, the first and last song that The weekend is going to perform. And you can, also, you can also pick on, on who he thinks he's going to bring out as a guest. And I want to go on record and say, I think oh. he's going to bring out Daft Punk. Oh, damn. They got, they got two cool. songs. They got Starboy and I Feel It Coming. And everyone loves that Daft Punk song one more time. And that would slap if they play that at the Super Bowl. People would be going crazy. <laughs> I feel like they're for the first song, they're going to play something that I don't know because I don't know this band that well. And I feel like they never start with the bangers, right? They, they ease you into it. kind of the only song I could see them maybe starting with that we know is Blinded by the Light. Or what right, is it? Well, that's a new one. That's a new one, right? Blinded. Right. So, so yeah, that's the one I see going more towards the end. But what do I know? I know nothing about the weekend, <laughs> so that is not my genre I generally pay attention to. So I think we, okay, since these are the two songs that I know, I'm going to say they start with "I Can't Feel My Face." That's them, right? Yeah. And then they're going to end with the, the "Blinding Lights." Those are pretty solid picks. And uh, I haven't seen any. Uh, I don't know enough of their other catalog to to think about who they might bring on with them, but. Uh, very excited they're gonna bring on someone to rap i don't know who hopefully uh little wayne now that he's got his pardon (laughs) (laughs) or they'll bring up bruno mars like they do you know almost every halftime show right he's just he's just an honorary super bowl member at this point exactly he's always waiting every year (laughs) that's a good one good bet with the weekend twist to it somehow and yeah that's all i had for uh for my over uh Nice. Those are fun. Uh, one more that I saw, but it didn't write down here. What color Gatorade will get dumped on the winning coach? Blue. Uh, apparently, I think yellow has been the most recent, uh, most popular one. But I'm going to go with orange. <laughs> yeah, what color did the Bucks drink? Because that's the one they're probably going to be dumping. I Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, I mean it's drink... weird to assume like, it matches team colors, so it's like you could call it red. I don't think they drink Gatorade on the Buck sideline. They drink uh, TB12 water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, get rid of that Gatorade crap about my own secret powder we're going to dump in these gallon jugs. Well, no, he doesn't bring it. You have to pay for it. <laughs> oh. Do you get a teammate discount? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> cool. That's fun. <laughs> fun. Fun stuff. Okay. Uh, let's see. A few other fun facts that I found surfing the web. 
Uh, like we already mentioned, it's going to be the first time a team plays a Super Bowl in their home stadium for Tampa Bay. And it's going to be the first Super Bowl with a female ref, which is pretty cool. Shout out to Sarah Thomas. In a poll, 52% of Americans say that the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. I agree with this. Absolutely. And despite the fact that that's not the case. You don't count. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we've established I don't do that much work <laughs> but despite it finally the, comes out despite the, oh shoot I just said that on the record it's okay I can still edit it <laughs> um, and it's and despite the fact that it's not a holiday 17 and a half million people will call in sick anyway <laughs> that's a lot of people What's the, it's like half the workforce <laughs> And uh, the this is a fun one. The average football feast calorie count is ten thousand eight hundred. If you set that as the over under for what I'm going to eat from Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm going to take the over. I was going to say, considering <laughs> we've been to Buffalo Wild Wings and what we have both eaten, yeah, that's an over. I'm, I'm going to go under. Thanks, Nick. That's 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 a lot of calories, man. <laughs> okay, Nick, just that's, put that's ten thousand is a lot. Just to put in perspective, it was we like five each days. eat an entire like supreme nacho platter by ourselves from Buffalo Wild Eggs and then proceed to eat like, I don't know, what do they come in? Like 10, 15 wings plus fries plus the drinks? No, it's possible. It's like five days worth of calories, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do it. <laughs> we have a goal now. <laughs> oh, that. Uh, unless anyone else has anything else, that wraps up our Super Bowl preview. Super excited for to see how all these things play out. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, with that, we'll talk about a couple of off-season news items. There were a couple couple big things that went down this past week, and we'll start with the biggest one first. There was a blockbuster trade made in the in the NFC between the Rams and the Lions. Insert the Rams sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> so the the Rams acquired Matt Stafford from the Lions in exchange for Jared Goff, two future first-round picks, and a third-round pick in this year's draft. Oh, where was there was a fact that, like, the, the Rams haven't made a first-round pick, I think, since they picked Jared Goff. Like, they've traded away all their first-round picks since then. I think it was uh, Donald and Gurley were first-round picks, too. I, I don't know who was the most recent of those three, though. But yeah, yeah, you're right. They they haven't had one since then, and they won't for at least another three years, two years. Um, however, it's really worked to their favor when you look at that potential roster next year. Yeah, well, they're clearly in in win now mode, and they think Jared Goff was what was holding them back. It was interesting. I had I've been updating these notes all week. Obviously, before the trade went down, a story went out that there was going to be a a training camp battle for the starting quarterback position between Goff and uh, John Walford, who started one of the playoff games. And there's been, you know, discontent brewing for a while, I think between McVeigh and and Goff. Uh, So this wasn't a total surprise, but the the sticker price for Stafford was, and and the Rams apparently had to outbid like a third of the league to get him. Well, I can see that. I mean, I'm happy for Stafford now. Yeah, it's a great time. He goes to a decent team. Yep, yep. Very happy for him too. Now they just got to get Calvin Johnson out of retirement. <laughs> the, the craziest part is the Rams still have to pay. They're still on the hook for twenty-two million dollars of Jared Goff's salary this year. They signed him to an extension, four-year extension that he hasn't even entered into the extension years yet, <laughs> and they've traded him away, which is pretty wild. Uh, but it makes a lot of. I mean. It's great for the Rams, great for Stafford. I don't know if he's enough of an upgrade to make them a real Super Bowl contender. Uh, for that reason, I think the Lions totally won this trade. This is a big haul. Goff is a young quarterback. He's fine. He's good enough to. Yeah, but I have high concerns about their coaching staff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that still remains. <laughs> I don't know if Campbell's exactly my choice for a head coach, but I've been wrong before on this one. No, I'm with you there. I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Who won this trade? You know, I actually think it's not a bad trade for either team. I think Lions in the long run, you know, they got the pieces they need to help rebuild and get themselves to a position where they can compete. And then the Rams, you know, I think they're a solid team and being in a, in a win now mode, I think you're making that move to say, Hey, here's a good quarterback who has a history of 
of performing. So if we get him in here, you know, this is, this is our couple year window to, to get the deal done. And then if he can't get it done, then, you know, then the Rams definitely lost the trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty much Super Bowl or bust for them. Right. <laughs> for Absolutely. the next few years. I mean, and the one thing you can always count on is Stafford's toughness. Like the guy may be one of the toughest quarterbacks to play. So yeah. he, he can get banged up quite a bit. I don't think the offensive line is going to get him to that point, but you know, you can't argue that they're in a position that Stafford doesn't go down easily. So. So that was the biggest thing that happened this week. Um, there was a report that Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts are going to also have a, they're going to be battling it out during the, the off season and in training camp for the starting role there in Philly. And that is, of course, assuming they're both still on the team. Uh, the Texans hired, made a head coaching hire, filling the last vacancy, I think. Uh, they hired David Culley, the Ravens assistant. I'd never heard of him before, but looking at, looking him up, he's been in the league for a long time. He was, he's been a wide receiver coach from 1994 to 2016 with the wow. Buccaneers, Steelers, Eagles, and Chiefs. He was also the assistant head coach in Kansas City those last few years. Uh, QB coach in Buffalo in 2019, and most recently he was the passing game coordinator slash wide receiver coach slash assistant head coach last year in Baltimore. Uh, yeah, so I don't none of those things were the passing game and the wide receivers didn't do very well in Baltimore last year, but uh, I guess they're not blaming him for that. I really so, thought the enemy was going to get that position. It's crazy. Another offseason gone by without him getting hired. And I wonder if that has to do with the fact that he's obviously still coaching because the Chiefs have made it all the way to the Super Bowl and teams are in a hurry to fill these spots. I don't know. Yeah, but the problem is if a team rushes, you don't wind up paying for it sometimes in the short end there of just having a disastrous start. No, yeah, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do to rush it. I'm just wondering if that's why. Uh, so, so he's on a five-year deal there as a head coach. Um, the team also bolstered their coaching staff with Lovey Smith as their defensive coordinator. He's back in the NFL after spending the past several seasons uh, coaching the Fighting Illini. Me and me and Nick's alma mater. Yeah, not a very successful tenure there, but he's back in the NFL anyway. <laughs> I mean, I think the University of Illinois football program. It's uh, it's difficult to have success there, so you can't can't blame him too much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely can't blame that awesome uh, white beard he's been rocking. <laughs> uh, so all of this is not uh, going to sway Deshaun Watson uh, so far anyway to come back to the team. He seems to be set on getting himself traded, although the Stafford deal just made his price tag go up quite a bit. Uh, apparently the, or yeah, most recently, the, the rumor is that it's the Panthers and the Raiders who are the most interested and trying to acquire Watson. And this is something I saw right before we started recording. Apparently multiple teams are interested in, in uh, trying to trade for Derek Carr. So, Do you think we is, can see some potential Rams-Lions trade here between the Raiders and the Texans? Maybe. I'd, I'd have to look at what uh, what draft capital the Raiders have to, to work with. But Carr's relatively young quarterback. I think he's like he's under thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Had some success, kind of similar to to Goff in that respect. Been around a little bit, had some success, but uh, still young. And if yeah, if they send him over and a few draft picks, I could see them uh, landing Watson with that. It'll be interesting too if they get rid of Watson and they don't have they don't get a quarterback in return. I mean, they got two options, right? You can either try and trade for or three options, try and trade for another quarterback. You can try and draft one in this upcoming draft class, or you can go with your new starter, AJ McCarron. <laughs> well, Newton will be on the market and be cheap. True. He's no AJ McCarron though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Matt already mentioned this, that the Packers are not going to be renewing defensive coordinator, Mike Patton's contract. And so they will be in the hunt for a new, uh, new guy to run their defense. And you missed the joke I texted you. I was like, I know he was bad. I mean, even I could coach a top 32 defense. And you've <laughs> never, like, thank you, Nick. 
Thank you. Oh, I understood it. That, that was a pity laugh. I understood. I just didn't think it was that funny. That's pretty funny. At least somebody appreciates it. That is, that's it. That's the end of the notes. Anyone got any, any last words? Yeah, right. One more game and then that's it. And then we got to look forward you? to the draft. Yeah, it's officially draft season after right? the moment the Super Bowl ends. It's, uh, it's time draft to start. season. Yep, it's draft season. Now we can take a little time off. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it's next week or the week after next week. We're going to have a week break, but we will not be uploading an episode where we will take a mental a mental week. Yeah, I figure we'll come back next week for a brief recap, but that'll be it. And then, yeah, then... then Every time we say a brief recap, (laughs) this is what happens. Yeah, then we come back with a play-by-play of every single play. (laughs) And result of every single prop bet we talked about today. (laughs) No, we're going to do a 30-minute Super Bowl recap. We're going to hang it up for a week, and then we'll come back maybe more refreshed and less stupid. That sounds ideal, the first part. I don't know if there's anything we can do. I was going to say, the first part's doable. The second one is is a long shot kind of too late for that i think at this point (laughs) (laughs) only getting more stupider from here on out (laughs) and we have our new tagline new tagline for the show (laughs) more stupider each week all right well this has been fun thanks again nick for joining us and and educating us with your research any any time it's always a pleasure being on the uh the 2m football podcast thanks for tuning in enjoy the big game And we will see you on the other side. Thanks again, Nick. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.